Good evening. Trying to get my TV turned down uh, for that here. But uh, welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name's Harry. Uh, I'll be the host uh, tonight here. Uh, joining me as usual is Royce. How are you? Uh, nice rock in the uh, Scorpions jersey there. Yeah, for sure. I know you posted 10 years of professional soccer in San Antonio. And why not? This current version. Ahead. This current version. It, yeah, exactly. This, exactly. This, uh, this era shall we say, <laughs> the modern era. Um, yeah, um, doing all right. It's almost February. 2020 crawled, felt like forever. 2021 going fast, much like the previous year. So it feels a little a little bit more of the same, a little bit more of the ordinary, which is nice, but at the same rate, time is flying by, isn't it? Rafa, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I love the SAFC flag, but I do miss the Club America flag because I like to give you a little bit of crap about Club America. How you been, man? Pretty good. Just here so working away, doing my thing, and ready for more. Some more for, ready for the season to start, like I said, hopefully in May. That's what we're kind of hearing so far, which we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss about May that. 1st or May 10th by, you know, uh, uh, you know by an inadvertent zero by the – SAFC communication team uh, today here, but uh, oh boy, Lou, too bad we can't do it just to the mile. That would have been nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, May 10th, that's going to be the start of the uh, yeah, I didn't check the date. I was like, that's going to be the start of the home opener, you know, start the first half, you know, away, and then May 10th. I was like, oh, they got the schedule, and, and then it was like, no, so. But it's that time where Rafa becomes the star of the show with Rafa rankings. Uh, for out here, so let's uh, let's start with the we'll start with the uh, 4A boys. Uh, this time here, uh, I'll read them and uh, Rafa will be able to give uh, the uh, comments um, on that here. So, number one, steel is TMI, number two, uh, with a huge jump, Bandera, number three, with another huge jump, Bernie. Number four, Central Catholic. Uh, number five, S.A. Christensen with the drop from number two down to five. Canyon Lake State at six. Antonian at seven, dropped uh, three spots. Fredericksburg dropped three spots. Uh, New Braunfels Davenport uh, popped in um, first time in the rankings. And Lavernia dropped uh, from eight to ten. And dropping out was Shirts John Paul II here. So, Rafa. Why the huge jumps from Bandera and Bernie? And uh... a couple here. Well, Bandera had some good wins this week, and I think they were on the Wimber, one of the tournaments for the 4A. Uh, they did well, so that's basically the huge jump for them. So you know, Bernie too had a couple of good wins. Um, you know, Central Catholic. I know they had a, a little tough loss with Lee. Uh, lost three nothing on Friday, but like I said, they're still. Uh, they're still my favorite to win the you know their district and you know make another deep run in the playoffs. Uh, San Antonio Christian, like I said, a little drop off this week with a couple you know some key losses. Uh, Canyon Lake uh, kind of stayed idle this week. Uh, Tonian had a couple losses. Uh, same thing with Fredericksburg. Uh, they went to a real tough 4A tournament. You know, kind of one 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 tied one and then lost a couple. Uh, Davenport, you know, remained the same, and then Lavernia uh, dropping off the loss of few, you know, some games on some, one of those tournaments. Uh, it's kind of like I said, most of these four A teams they're still in non district play. Uh, I know the Taps. I know they're going to go back pretty soon to their district play. So it's you know a lot of it's kind of like you know, they're idle or they're still playing these non district you know non district games during the seasons. They're trying to do the touch ups to the final hall. I'm, I think next week. Um, so some of the taps do continue playing and they're just finish up their district seasons. The 4A boys, I think they'll start their district season, I think the first week of, uh, of February. So we'll start to see some of those um, changes, you know, because in the rankings and so forth, we'll see who comes out on the, you know, kind of the cream of the crop within the, when that on those on the top 10 here. Moving to uh, 4A girls, uh, got a new number one. Uh, I think the only new number one, if I remember right, on the rankings. Antonia moved up uh, six spots. Uh, Burning Genova uh, uh, moved up two spots. Uh, New Braunfels Davenport dropped one. Canyon Lake dropped one. 
Uh, TMI, the former number one, uh, dropped to fifth. Uh, Bandera went from non-ranked to sixth. Uh, Uvalde moved up three. You had Lavernia and S.A. Christian uh, move into eight and nine, and Incarnate Word dropped from five to ten. And St. Anthony's and Fredericksburg, uh, unfortunately, uh, dropped out this week here. So thoughts on the ladies in the 4A TAPS rankings there? Well, Antonio shot up. They had some big wins. Like I said, they're 3-0 in their district play, and I'm sure they're going to be favorites to win their TAPS district because I know they have some games coming up. Uh, Geneva, same, same thing. You know, they have a good – they won a couple games on their district. I don't think they dropped one. Uh, Davenport was idle. Like I said, they didn't have any games this week, or they didn't report anything, so I didn't see any any changes. I'm sure hopefully maybe they'll get back at it this coming week. Uh, same thing with Canyon Lake. Um, TMI had some key losses, you know, you know this week. They kind of dropped them. Like I said, they dropped from the top ranking. Uh, Bandera, like I said, just kind of started their season. Um, you know, coming out all those three games, they won two out of the, you know out of the three. Uh, Valdez, you know, bouncing back, you know, had some key wins. Uh, Lavernia, same thing, same thing with San Antonio Christian. Uh, Incarnate Word, they did have some key losses with the, the district record, so that way they dropped down to 10. And then St. Anthony's was idle this week, so they didn't play anybody. And then Fredericksburg had some also some key losses, of one of the tough 4A tournaments. But I'm sure they'll hopefully bounce back once they get into the swing of things for district play. Like I said, most of these 4A teams, like I said, for the 4A side, they're still in non-district. They should be in district play by February, early February, and then TAPS will be wrapping up district, and then playoffs will be starting, I think, pretty, in, within a week or two. And 5A, uh, Southwest remained on top, still undefeated, although I don't think they played, um, or if they did, it was only one game. Uh, Alamo Heights uh, moved up two spots. Veterans Memorial uh, remained third. Burning Champion dropped uh, two. Uh, New Braunfels Canyon remained at five. Floresville moved up one. Uh, Lanier uh, moved from out of the, you know, not ranked up to seven. Kerrville Tyvee dropped two. Jefferson up one. And Medina Valley dropped from eight to ten. And, uh, and then uh, as far as in the tenth spot and dropping out this week, was Harlandale for so for the five A boys? Uh, I, I'm still loving Southwest there, but uh, I see Alamo Heights is closing that gap. Yeah, well, Southwest they start district play Tuesday night, so we'll see how. I'm sure they're going to be favored to win that district. I just don't see anybody challenging them. You know, as far as this year, they'll probably get their challenge in the playoffs. Uh, Alamo Heights had two big wins this this coming week, this past week, in district play. So that, that's why they got that jump. Same thing with Veterans Memorial. Uh, that's a surprise. They got two big wins. Uh, the, the the surprise was Bernie Champion. They lost to actually New Braunfels Canyon. You know they you know, Canyon kind of upset them in that in that game. Uh, so they dropped two spots. Canyon, like I said, they split their district play with one and one. Uh, Floresville, they're at their surprise. Uh, you know, they weren't ranked last year. They're actually currently right now 4-1. and one. Like I said, they'll start district play. They're in the same district with Southwest, so hopefully we'll see them, how they match up with each other once the district play starts. Uh, Lanier won their first district game, so they're, in, they're brand new into the uh, to the rankings. Uh, Kerrville Tyvee, you know, they started up pretty good, and they went 0-2 in district play this past week, so they dropped uh, Jefferson. Like I said, they had a good showing this week, so they're coming up. You know, up and you know, they should start their district games. I think this week as well. Uh, same thing with Medina Valley. I know they dropped two. They lost. They lost a couple games in, in, in I think the Southwest tournament. Uh, but they're like I said, same thing. They're in the same district with Southwest. So you know, Floresville and Medina Valley. Hopefully, they'll try to challenge Southwest. You know, in that district play. You know, that district. Uh, the 25 A. And then Harlandale dropped out this week. Well, they had a couple of losses in one of the tournaments as well. So on the ladies, uh, the 5A girls, uh, Alamo Heights uh, moved up to number one. Uh, Veterans Memorial moved up uh, four spots to number two. Uh, New Braunfels Canyon, uh, number three. Burning Champion went from the top spot down to four. Kerrville Tyvee moved down to Southwest, moved up uh, one. Lanier uh, moved up one. 
Floresville dropped from six to eight, and then we got two uh, two uh, new ones, uh, Jefferson and Burbank. And I apologize. It looks like uh, Legacy and get the other one here. Probably uh, Medina Valley. Medina Valley dropped off um, uh, off of there. So I apologize uh, with the formatting of, the, of this card here. I didn't catch that here. Uh, but thoughts on the 5A girls? Uh, like I said, Alamo Heights started just to play red hot 2-0, just like the boys. So they took the top spot this week. Vendors uh, and Memorial kind of almost matched the boys, but they're like, they're ha they have a win and a tie. Uh, Canyon, like I said, this split this past week, uh, but they are, they moved up, uh, Bernie champion getting upset. So that'll drop them down. But, and also with Kerrville, Tyvee there, like I said, those five teams are in the same district. So you know, we're going to see some, a lot of them going up or go down. It's going to probably be different every week. So, you know, it's a, probably the toughest district for girls soccer, in the state, you know, among the 5A, you know, then, you, you know, in, you include Dripping Springs and you have a, you know, a couple, you know, uh, who's, I think the other team, I forgot the other team, like Layman, I think Rita Johnson. So it's a dog fight. So you'll, every week you'll see probably some changes depending who, who plays who, like I said, it's all wide open. Who gets those four playoff spots? Uh, Southwest moving up, you know, they played a couple games in their tournament. Uh, Lanier started district play. They got a, had a big win. Um, to start, you know, start the district season. Floresville dropped a couple games, so that's where they're down to. And then Jefferson, two big district wins. Same thing with Burbank, a good district win. So now brand new into the top 10 for this week. All right, so we're going to move to the 6A. We're going to save the ladies for last because last week that was where all the fireworks were. Uh, but for 6A boys here, not as much movement compared to the others. So Clemens remained number one, uh, Lee number two, Harlan three, Johnson four, Churchill moved up to five, uh, Smithson Valley was the uh, big mover up, uh, you know, up two to, you know, to six, O'Connor, the new new guys on the list here to seven, Marshall dropped one, Brennan dropped four, because last week they were five, Wagner stayed at 10, and dropping out this week is Taft, uh, so... Um, I know Taft had a had a rough week here, uh, but uh, you know thoughts on, on the six uh, A boys rankings here. Seems like the top is is pretty fixed. Yeah, I mean it's you're gonna be your favorite. You know, the, I think the three district favorites, like for like uh, twenty seven for six A, twenty eight and twenty nine. Uh, I I think Clemens is gonna the Clemens boys are gonna win that district. Same thing with the Lee boys; they'll win their district. Um, Harlan, I think they've they've been red hot. You know their only loss has been is, is to Lee, so they're you know they're sh they should win District 29 6A, but like I said, there are going to be some contenders in the district. They might have some say, like let's say for like Johnson. Johnson's three and zero in district. They may contend. You know, like I said, they'll have something to say to Lee. Same thing with Churchill. I think I'm sure they should be at full strength. I know from when Coach uh, Churchill's coach told me they were had some players out. Um, that thing, I'm sure, like they're back and they have that 3-0 record in district play. Mm -hmm. Sunset Valley, they'll start district play next week. Actually, this week. Uh, so we'll see if they can challenge, like I say, uh, Clemens for that district title. Uh, the surprises with O'Connor. O'Connor did well this week. Like I said, they're one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have a, a big game coming up with Harlan. Uh, Marshall had a little rough week. Only went down one, but there's still a contention. I, I think they, they have a shot also to win district. With O'Connor and Harlan, Brennan, same thing, a little uh, a tough loss, uh, but I'm sure they'll bounce back. So, like I said, those are my four favorite teams to to get in the playoffs for 296A. And then Wagner was idle; they remained there. Um, like I said, they'll start district play next week, and um, with uh, like I said, with Spencer Valley and Clemens and Judson and so forth. And then the dropout was Taft, that are two key losses in district play, but I'm sure they'll bounce back this week. And then the 6A girls, uh, not a lot of changes uh, with it here um, as far as movement, but there was a few teams that dropped and a few teams that jumped in, and one sticks out to me being already in the top five. But uh, Reagan uh, kept the top spot. Smithson Valley moved up to two. Brandeis dropped uh, to three, so they, they reversed there. Madison moved up two. Taft went from non-ranked to top five. Lee went up one. Clark dropped from five to seven. 
Johnson dropped from four to eight, and Brennan and O'Connor uh, jumped in. Uh, Stevens, uh, Judson, and Steele, um, all with favorable ranking uh, records, uh, but uh, they dropped from the you know from the rankings. So, uh, thoughts on six A girls? Uh, there'll be some changes, like I said. Uh, There's some teams that haven't started district play. They'll start district play this week. So, like I said, depending who they play, you, so we're always going to see some changes in the top ten. Some teams are knock off others, but like I said, I have Reagan still at number one. Spencer Valley is right behind, close behind them. Uh, Brandeis, you know, they had a tie this week, but I think they're going to challenge Reagan for that district title uh, for 28-6A. Madison had a, a, a good win and a couple ties. Uh, Taft had a great week this week. They got three big district, uh, you know, three district wins. So that shot them up in the top five. Uh, Lee had a had split this week for district play. Uh, Clark had a little tough time. They're one, one, and one, so they had a little drop there. Uh, Johnson, even though they're so undefeated, they had three ties, so that's why they dropped off a little bit. But I think this will have an opportunity to do great things in that district. Uh, Brennan had a good week at two and zero in district play. Same thing with O'Connor; they're at three and zero in district play. Um, Stevens, like I said, they had a, a tough loss this week. Uh, Judson was kind of uh, had a couple losses, so they dropped, and then State was idle. But I'm sure, like I said, they start district play next this coming week. So things things are always going to be changing each week. Because now we get into the nitty gritty with the district play. Royce, any thoughts on the high school action uh, that you have? Uh, it's pretty unpredictable. <laughs> And, so uh, news before we get to uh, SAFC news, um, you know, keeping with the semi-pro, uh, the other big news, uh, Joventus Academy uh, here in San Antonio acquired the Athenians. Um, you know, on their press release here, it says uh, Joventus Academy San Antonio has acquired the franchise rights for San Antonio Athenians SC of the U United Women's Soccer League, UWS. Uh, Juventus Academy San Antonio is now home with the state-of-the-art Soccer Central as their new training facility uh, for that here. According to the press release, it was a no-brainer. Uh, the Athenians' philosophy and image are very similar to ours, said Raul Lorduna, uh, Juventus San Antonio Academy president. Uh, this union will help move the needle in recognizing high-level talent in San Antonio area and helping them grow. And, of course, the original owner uh, was Pete uh, Vargas. Uh, who brought uh, the Athenians in in 2016 and um, has a pretty rich history, you know, for you know for the two three years that it that it's been here. But and I'll start with you, Rafa. You know, thoughts on the Athenians going from an independent team, we'll say, without an academy built and uh, built uh, underneath it, to having you know, the Juventus Academy and, and then giving it you know, kind of like uh, Blossoms with Classic Elites and Surf with um, the Surf Academy there. Uh, thoughts about, number one, the cell and thoughts about, you know, you know, associating UWS, you know, United Women's Soccer, WPSL, the other women's league semi-pro uh, with us here. I think this was a good move on them. Like I said, brings some stability. And also a place to play, and I, I mean, I've been to the facility. I think last year with Scott, and I mean, what they're doing there is a great job. As far as having the, you know the fields and so forth, and the vision. Like I said, speaking to to the to the head, you know, as the head manager or the owner of the of the club, like I said, what what they envision as far as bringing that soccer and that, that Italian style, style soccer to San Antonio. And it's going to benefit them because the uh, Ventus does have a Serie A team in the, in women, in the women's division. Yeah, so, the one Serie A, the lady Serie A, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a pot, you know, up, maybe it will open the doors of possibility having some Serie A uh, Ventus scouts come over here and see some of our local talent play and hopefully maybe take them over there and they end up becoming stars over there. You know, it's a good opportunity. I, I know that's what they're doing with their academy boys is taking them over there to Turin and, have them look to see if they make the academy team. So it, it's, a, it's a win for the Athenians, you know, having a permanent place. And the, the name Juventus is is going to, you know, attract, you know, probably the top players here in San Antonio to come try out and play and be part of that part of that club. So 
you know, kudos to them. And like I said, hopefully they get a lot of success, you know, with this with this new merger, you know, coming up. And I'll ask you this, Royce, and, you know, if you don't know the if it's just a wild guess because they haven't said, do you think that they rebrand under the Joventus branding? Because, you know, they're, they're paying for that branding. You know, I, I know it's Joventus right. San Antonio, but uh, do you think they would keep the Athenians branding? Because it it's a good branding, but, you know, if you've got a, na- a brand name. Okay, go anywhere in the world and ask somebody, hey, I played for Athenians. See what they say. <laughs> Go anywhere in the world and say, hey, I played for Juventus Academy. Oh, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo's team, or excuse me, Weston McKinney's team. <laughs> um, little wizardry there. Um, Dybala's team. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, Weston McKinney had his, uh, had his Harry Potter celebration. That's what I'm making reference to. But um, And McKinney has more goals than Dybala this season, so let's calm down on Paul Dybala. But um, – <laughs> No, in all in all in all seriousness, um, they're they're going to change, and it, it's it's good business from both sides. I'm sure the owner of Athenians was hurting, especially with the last couple of seasons. That's been tough. Can't you're going to make money on crowds? Athenians always always had really great support in San Antonio. When you can't have a crowd, that's that's just tough. I'm well, sure it was play last year. So. Exactly, and I mean that's just that's just leaking capital. They're just not playing so. Uh, good business move on both parts. Um, obviously, the Juventus Academies is, is going to look to to expand like that. They want to expand their name. It's just good business on both parts, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to that Juventus Academy expanding in San Antonio. I'd really hope they would, and it looks like they really are um, expanding in San Antonio and giving it a good footprint, which is good to see. So the other interesting news, and this ties into the transition to uh, SAFC, uh, but USL, uh, once again, is planning to launch uh, based on a order, uh, article in The Athletic uh, targeting spring 2020 for a new women's pro-am league per sources, and this was by Jeff Reuter and Meg Linehan, two of the, the best on, on that site there. Um but looking at their article here, the uh, where did I see this here? Um, per sources that they would like to see, uh, was it thirty teams? I think I saw that they were trying to come up with. Uh, I saw that moved up here. Oh uh, yeah, so similar to the men's, also anticipates the league to be owner driven rather than primary guided by a commissioner or the federation and launch with 30 clubs for 2022 per sources. So obviously that asks, begs the question, turning into SAFC, do we anticipate SAFC if it is a USL-sponsored uh, league, I guess you could say, uh, to dive into women's soccer? We'll start with you, uh, Rafa. Uh, I think we do have the fan base to start it. Why not? You know, facility. yeah, we have the facility. We have the practice fields. I mean, when, we're already ahead of a lot of more of the other teams in the USL, so it makes sense to have, you know, SAFC women's, you know, women's team. So, you know, it's the fan. Like I said, we have also academies around here, like the semi-profies like Surf, who now have and you know the Blossoms. Those could be your feet, you know, your feeder as far as local talent. You know, I'm sure, a lot of those girls will want to try out for the USL team to get. And then we have the colleges, like I said, we have UTSA here, St. Mary's, and Carnage Word. So talent is here. So, like I said, we could have our, our, own, our road. yeah, our own uh, female version of you know Jose Gallegos come up. You know, <laughs> you know, same thing with Ethan Bryant. I mean, the the, the doors, you know, is the, you know there to open and. I think if I'm SAFC, I'd take that I'd take that chance and, and and do it because there really isn't a market as far as maybe just the dash, and I think we can compete better than the dash as far as even though there may be higher division, but I think for us, I think we're we're just in the better organization that I think we can we can compete with anybody. My only thing, based on how they're saying it, where it's a pro am. Is it really going to be much different than UWS or WPSL? Because if if I could see if they were trying to be a true 
you know, professional second tier to NWSL, but if they're trying to do pro am along those lines, you know, like, you know, like the blossom surf, you know, uh, the Athenians now Juventus to me, does that just kind of muddy the waters a little bit more, you know, in, in the women's game, uh, you know, we'll go with you, Royce, on this here, and then uh, I know Rafa will probably finish up on it. Yeah, I mean, it could. Um, uh, as far as should SAC do it, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, the, there, there's demand. There's definitely demand, um, especially in this city. Um, one of the big things about San Antonio is there's really not a lot of – a lot of the, pro, like, professional-level support it's kind of all over the place. Um, there's really no directed. It, it could use some direction, but at the same rate, the grassroots support for soccer in the city is probably definitely the some of the best in the state, if not the country. Yes. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of a no-brainer as far as that goes. Um, I think the Pro-Am aspect of it, Obviously, they they want to compete with NWSL, but obviously NWSL has had some issues. And a big issue that they've had is that, much like MLS, they're centrally owned, and, and a lot of those issues go along with that. So, um, but I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, it's still developing. They want to start next season. It's still a big development, um, and there's going to be a lot of news to come, and there's going to be a lot of you know. A lot of talking points based off of it, but it's it's preliminary. But at the same rate, it's San Antonio. Soccer's big here. Do it, and it would be amazing is if SAFC somehow had a partnership with Juventus down the road. And but that's getting way ahead of myself, and that's opening a whole bag of uh, Pandora's box. But anyway, um, Ruffle, what are your thoughts on uh, on the pro am aspect? How about the pro am? I think they should just go league. Like in a second division, because Agreed. if you look at the pro, pro division, the first division for women's soccer, there's really nothing below that. There's not. There's not, and there's just pro. There's just too many programs. It's like we do. Yeah. You're gonna really develop soccer, women's soccer here. You do need a, a professional second division, a second tier to at least groom those players, and then you can move those up. And like I said, some of your star players from your top division are going to Europe. You know, they're the European leagues are a lot better. That that was the point that I wanted to make was that we've seen the USL model is already much easier for European teams to purchase players from and have those transfer fees and everything be minimal and not go through a league and and all that mess. So if the USL were to stick with their guns with the independent um, aspect like, like USL championship is, if they were bringing that to the women's game and compete directly with NWSL, they might actually pull a coup and become the top division while NWSL just kind of flounders and, and kind of what they're doing and, you know, adding a new team every other year and losing another team every other year. So that could be really good business for USL, but it's a big risk and we're in a pandemic time and that's my, nobody wants to, nobody wants to take that risk. And that's the, that's the thing we're going to see. And, and that that's kind of the, the issue obviously is it is a big risk. Now, if you would have, said this in 2019 and said, Hey, we're going to try to see this in 2021. I think that there would be a lot more, a lot more uh, willingness to, to jump off that diving board into the deep end with USL. But now that there's a pandemic and money's an issue, we'll see. Like I said, it, it's all, it's speculation right now, but it, it's exciting for sure. So my thoughts on it last, I think it was last year we had Tim Holt on and um, I know Danielle asked asked him about the women's. He said it's in the mix, but there had been undercurrents of this coming, you know, for you know um, USL starting the women's, and then it kind of went away, and then it you know, popped back up this week. So it went, you know, for that. The other thing that I like about it is right now NWSL is in a growth stage. If we could, if San Antonio could show support like they do, you know, every other professional soccer team here in in San Antonio, the Scorpions or SAFC, if they can get that same type of support or, you know, in that neighborhood, to me, that would have to put us on the radar for NWSL, you know, you know, if, if, you know, if that is something that's really could possibly happen here in San Antonio. 
So, but speaking of SAFC, uh, and uh, I'm going to go through the three players that we signed, and then we're going to do a new section uh, that uh, Royce will introduce. I think he's got his whiteboard this week. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. All right. So, we'll, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> so but another three-week uh, announcement uh, by San Antonio FC. Uh, the first one was Emil uh, Suelo, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, he's an attacking midfielder, 5'11", 2019-2020, LA Galaxy Las Dos, uh, has 20 MLS games, uh, six USL, and had two goals, one assist, and had some pretty impressive goals on the ones that he did. Uh, but thoughts, Royce, on where uh, Emil fills in? Well, uh, Emil is a 10, and even on the uh, graphic when they announced um, him. Yeah, Adam has a 10. Thanks Adam has a 10. So, and he is, I mean, he has minutes with LA Galaxy in in that position, and that, that's where he's going to be. Um, I'll, I'll bring out the board later, but he, he's going to be the 10. He is going to be the attacking, and, and we'll get to the roster later, but um, he, he's going to be the mid. He's going to be the attacking midfielder of choice. Um, for a CFC in 2021. Rafa, your thoughts? I know you sent me, I want to say almost immediately, his goal against, I think it was Cruz Azil, mm -hmm. uh, immediately that he had. And then, of course, you know, SAFC has also sent it here. But uh, your thoughts on Emil? Oh, the guy who's got a wicked up foot. And then I think we're adding players that can shoot from outside. That's something we've been missing the last few years. And I think, I think they're probably, I think they're starting to listen to us <laughs> to get some players on there. <laughs> They can shoot. I mean, Coach Rafa. <laughs> let's give him. Like I said, if you look at the shot, I mean, give him some space. He'll he'll knock it in and great speed. And like I said, he has that MLS experience. And so he's he's gonna like I said just great. Uh, you know, added depth to our team. You know, you know. And I'm like I said with our signings, it, it it's kind of like a little bit like the mirror of last year. But I think this year we're getting better players. You know, to be honest. So um, he's, he's going to be great. What his height is? What five uh, eleven? Me five eleven. And you know, if you go back and look at the players that they're signing, they're not five six, five seven. They're five nine, five ten, five eleven for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm sure his height. I mean, Pirano's is a little, a little short. <laughs> headaches to the other teams. So I, I don't. I guess it just the way he holds the ball, dribbles the ball. Uh, vision, he's got it. Like I said, he's going to be a great asset to the team. So I'm looking forward to what he does, you know, and depending what, you know, like I said, what formation we play, you know, how, you know, what, what is the key for him is to make our team, you know, a lot better once we get on the field. So great, great. That was a good signing for us. So the next one was a surprise to me and it's a welcome back. Axel Schulberg center back six, seven, uh, probably well known for his MLS time with uh, the Rapids, twenty five uh, tw from twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen. Uh, twenty twenty, he started with the crew, or he was signed with the crew. Never actually played with them. On loan with us for SAFC for the first game. Um, went to uh, the MLS's back in Florida with the crew. Uh, didn't catch any minutes. Was later traded to DC United. Uh, he has ninety career games. With MLS with three goals, one assist. Uh, but defensively, you know, he was an all MLS best 11 in 2016. Uh, you know, he's a good veteran uh, to have on the back line there. So, Rafa, what are your thoughts on having uh, having uh, Axel back? Well, this, this is going to this is going to be fun having him and Doyle, the skyscrapers, or the <laughs> AKA our twin towers. So I, I think so. I don't know who posted about the. I think Royce mentioned about getting giving them twenty one and and fifty four. Yeah, twenty one and fifty. Twenty one to fifty. Is there? Uh, you're, SAFC, you're watching. Uh, please give them those numbers. <laughs> That'd be great. We have our twin towers for soccer. Uh, the one game we did get to see him play that first game. You you can tell he made his presence known, especially on the corner kicks. You know, there's not one guy that's going to stop him from hitting those balls in corner kicks and then, you know, adding Doyle to the mix, you know, you know, pick your poison, leave one open, the other one's going to get you. So I'm, I'm happier with this signing. 
uh, to show, you know, I don't know why he was traded to DC United. If he wasn't going to play, they should have just kept kept him over here on loan. And you know, who's to say he could probably, been- probably for Gam or Tam or Jam or yeah. Fam or something. You know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad, that, like I said, we have him back, and I, I think we're going to end up having the probably the best defense in the league. We got two guys that you know that can ball out, flat out defend. We're just going to need, you know, we do need to add a little more depth. We'll find out in the coming weeks who we add, who else we add to the, you know, to the roster. Robert, before I get to you, uh, Royce here mentioned that. I love that we aren't loaning as much so far. Uh, straight signings for more stability because I think that was a big issue last year, especially with uh, uh, Cal Montgomery uh, leaving right before uh, the playoffs. So that's definitely a, a good point there. Uh, your thoughts on it, on Axel uh, coming back here, Royce? I mean, just as you were, I was surprised, excited. Um, obviously, Doyle being with the six four, Axel six seven. That's a that's a good uh, center back tandem. And, and Matt's uh, not small either. No, no, no. And and if we're chasing, if we need a goal late, if we're chasing a lead, uh, we'll get to it later. I think we're going to have some very attacking wing backs this season. And uh, I mean, you're going to have possibly Justin Dillon up front at 6-4. You're going to have Axel coming up for corner kicks. You're going to have Doyle. I think set pieces are going to be a really, really vital part of SAFC this coming season. So, uh, And with uh, with the quail, with that left foot, um, I mean, PC Gallegos. Yeah, I mean, we have good service so far, and we have some really tall bodies up there. Stoke City, baby, let's go. So, yeah. The third signing, which I was kind of surprised a little bit, was another midfielder, uh, Marcus Epps, uh, six foot, 2017, 2018, uh, signed by uh, Union and went to uh, Bethlehem Steel, 2019, uh, Red Bulls, uh, Red Bulls 2 on loan, Memphis 901 on loans, and Last year, uh, unfortunately, was with Timbers 2 for that here, which they were just a horrible team. Not his fault, just the team itself. Uh, 35 games in MLS, 72 games in USLC Championship, 15 goals, 7 assists. So a guy that's got a lot of minutes uh, in USL. Um, I'm interested in in, in where he plays. I think he signed as number 20, if if I remember the uh, card right here. Uh, Royce, we'll start with you with uh, Mr. Epps. All right, so let's bring out the board now. So what's <laughs> interesting about about Marcus is that it seemed like he played on the left a lot. Um, and if you look at the roster um, so far for SAFC, so far we have two goalkeepers, we have three defenders, and we have three forwards, which leaves you with six midfielders. So with all of those midfielders and of those midfielders, you have two that are actually defensive midfielders. The other four are attacking. So what that clues me in on is we're probably going to have some very, very attacking wingers. So on the left right now, I have Marcus Epps as a left wing back, which means he'll come back for defensive duties, but he's more likely going to come up and, and help support the attack with these three. Obviously, Patino, Gallegos, and uh, Quail here. Uh, you're probably have Maloney on the right. He will go up. We saw that plenty last season, but he'll he's most likely going to help out back. And then you're going to have your two um, defensive mid and uh, Lima and uh, PC. So that's what I think it's going to be. I think we are going to stick with the um, with the three five two, but the wing backs are going to at least on the left side is going to be a lot more attacking. And you obviously have um, Ollie Wright, and Ollie Wright may sub in for Connor Maloney if we're chasing a goal. You got that speed. You have this speed coming up. You got service coming in the middle, and then Patino's here, and you're probably gonna have Gallegos come out for Dylan, and it's just gonna be Route One soccer, which wins games, especially if you're just pressing all game long and wearing people out. If you're gonna jump to those, it's it's exciting. There's a lot of possibilities. Um, obviously, I just went through about three or four different tactical setups in the same uh, lineup. Obviously, we know it's going to be pressing. We know Marcina loves an energetic lineup. We know he loves a press. But what are his specifics going to be? We'll see. Uh, it's exciting. Top players this season. Um, 
and uh, the just talent all over the place. So we'll see what happens. Rafa, your thoughts on uh, the Royce's whiteboard? <laughs> Looks like the one I have. Epps <laughs> uh, is a great signing. I mean, we lost Blake Smith. So how do you how do you, how do you um, fill that hole? You got you get a guy with speed and with experience, and so we're not going to miss a beat with him. I, th I think he's a little, probably a little bit more athletic than Blake, but you know, it, it's a it's a great like I said, mentioned it's a great signing. Is going to do a lot of damage on the wings, and especially sending crosses into our forwards. And I'm sure, like I said, he can also has a shot from out. You know, he can blast that ball from the outside too. So we're putting the right pieces to make that run. Not, you know, we're not going to be one and done like last year. We're putting the right pieces to make that run to the hopefully to the final. And like I said, kudos to the you know to SAFC's you know G you know to the GM to hold. You know, we're getting the right guys. And hopefully they are, like I said, they are Messina guys that are willing to play their their butts off and you know and get it going. You know, don't stop and don't quit. You know, we're we're starting to see those type of players come to our team. So I know we're not done, you know, signing players, but he's a great piece, and we'll see how. You know, I know Robert says offense wins championships. I, I know defense wins championships. You know, especially if you can win a one-zero game. I've been I've been in plenty of those games, so you know. But like I said, hopefully we'll add some more defensive players coming up. But I, I'm, I like I love the signing. It's this week was a great week for us. I mean for SAFC. So you know I I don't know if the other teams are taking notice, but you know they're better look out for us. But I, I'm really excited about our defense with Axel back and then with Doyle. They're gonna put a, a Sante on his ass if he if he does come over here for for a game or a playoff game. Well, we'll so, come up to that here in a minute. So Phoenix better look out for us in the New Mexico too. You, I think it, I, I think it's more going to be PC on Asante and just <laughs> kicking him. <laughs> and then once he gets that yellow card, then you bring in Cam Lindley and you don't miss a beat there. So yeah, exactly. Don't risk the red, but yeah. Uh, Roberts, like when every game six to four, do Toyota Field would be rocking if every game was six to four. I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the Chick-fil-A nights or something on the cards or <laughs> they'd be like we ran out of cards what halfway through the season. <laughs> I'll be free fries every game. So that kind of covers as far as transaction-wise here um at, at at this point here. Any final thoughts on SAFC at this time before we, we switch to more USL news? I'm, I'm hoping to see what they do. I know there's still more pieces um, defensive-wise. I know we, we need to add depth on the defense. Do we bring a couple fan favorites back? You know, we only have three. I think we need to add maybe two, two or three more players. Um, do we add another midfielder? You know, add more midfield, another defense. Yeah, add more midfielders. are going to be more youth or academy. Uh, probably players that were fringe MLS draft picks, if if they are the people that went in the. But the, know, that's another thing. Are those academy players going to see any playing time? Because what we're building here, I don't see them any. A lot of them, unless we blow out a team five six nothing. I mean, right now, playing. right now, I have listed as the sub for Epps is going to be Torres. Yeah. So. That, I mean, yeah. I think we're building – I think they kind of realize it's nice to have academy players, but we're, we're in a league to win. And so here's where – you know, so USL last Thursday announced that the league will return uh, anywhere between April 24th and May 15th. The uh, SAFC's uh, highlighted May 1st. Uh, for that here. <laughs> They're going to run a 32-game slate that's going to cover 27 we uh, weeks. Uh, so basically a season will run, depending on when it gets started, through the end of October, and then playoffs scheduled for November. So 32 games in 27 weeks. That's what, what five weeks or so that you're going to have double weeks at least. That's with no other buys or anything along those lines uh, for that here. So I think depth's going to be important. So um, where 
you know, you know, unlike last year where, you know, yeah, you played quite a few, but it was only what, 15 games, I think, you know, something along those lines, 14 right. games. So this one here where you're trying to run a 32 game uh, slate uh, open cup, you know, we'll have to see what really happens with open cup. Cause you know, I, I still question whether it's going to be played or not just because MLS is most likely starting late. We're starting later. Where do you fit this in on the schedules um, for that here? But uh, so they announced that on on the last Thursday, and then Jeff Reuter came out here today, uh, kind of confirming what I expected: three groups of eight and another of seven. Um, but the Oklahoma club, so Oklahoma City and Tulsa, will be most likely in the Eastern mm -hmm. Conference. So this is how I see it. Uh, now, of course, this is unconfirmed. I think the West is pretty cut and dry. Um, east, I think there's still a little bit of uh, uh, play that you can do in here. Uh, but in the East, I think you're going to have Hartford Athletic, Red Bulls 2, Loudoun United, Charlotte, or pardon, yeah, Charlotte Independence, Charleston Battery, Atlanta United 2, Miami FC, and, and Tampa Bay Rowdies. I think the one that kind of interests me uh, will be the Central, where you got Pittsburgh River Hounds, Memphis 901, Louisville City, Indy 11, Sporting Kansas City, FC Tulsa, uh, OKC Energy, and Birmingham Legion. That's a pretty stacked, uh, you know, grouping there. Uh, out west, um, I have, you know, I think this is a pretty cut and dry. You're going to have Tacoma, Sacramento, Oakland Roots, a new team, uh, LA Galaxy 2, Orange County, uh, SC San Diego Loyal, Las Vegas Lights, and Phoenix Rising. And I think we're going to be in kind of the mountain or southwest, whatever you want to la uh, label it. Uh, but Copa Tejas will be back. The best, uh, so the, I mean? the best division. Yeah, that's how you label it. Uh, so you'll have uh, New Mexico United, Real Monarchs, Colorado Springs Switchbacks in their new stadium, El Paso Locomotive, uh, San Antonio FC, RGV, and Austin Bold. So all – all pretty stout teams uh, for that here. Uh, Real Marks is a tough place to play in the altitude. So is Colorado. They're going to have a new stadium. Uh, unfortunately, we saw New Mexico United come here with the benefit of some calls. Um, but going to New Mexico, uh, Isotopus Park's a tough place to pay, play with, what, 15, 14,000 people. Uh, El Paso's the, you know, been in the West Finals the last two years and their two years of existence. Uh, RGV is going to be going independent, so we got to wait and see what they do, but they can't be any worse than last year. And I think the Bold fired. <laughs> and I think the Bold are going to be the new RGV this year, personally for me. So uh, I think the Bold is going to be the one in, in the basement. But uh, also the new Green Bay, they can't win. <laughs> well, let, let's let's talk about. The bold with a little Schadenfreude for a little bit. So Billy went to Miami, which Miami's looking stacked. That's yeah, that's Miami, and so Miami. did uh, the defender that always got red cards after the match, but never during the match. McFarland, he also went to Miami as well, so he's no longer oh. with the team. Diego's gone. Yeah, Diego retired. Which congrats, Diego, on a great career. Awesome career, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Stop by for a meal or beer anytime in San Antonio for sure. But, um, yeah, you might be onto something there. <laughs> and they exercise the options, but they haven't brought anybody else in. So, at least with RGV, they've got the excuse where, hey, they're you know they're you know they're they're switching from Daddy Dynamo to Independent, you know, trying to get the coach. And then I've heard once they get the coach, then. You're going to see some player announcements, which makes sense. You don't want to announce I hear, players. I hear, I hear Frank Lampard's looking for a job there, RGB. So. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want him there. Come on. He was a decent coach. If you also need a job, job too. <laughs> 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 looking for you might have to shave, Rafa. We don't that, know. That Super Saiyan gif of him is mm, mm, uh, chef's kiss. God, <laughs> here, here, here's insane. a question I wanted to ask you, Harry, especially with New Mexico. Do you see them playing a home game? Yes. With the pandemic going on still. Yes, I do. Because I think I think the college teams are already playing, uh, like college basketball and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, I do think that there will be um, 
do you think that there will be games in New Mexico this year? Yes. Now, will, well, it, be also, limited? will it be limited? You know, that's... I, I guarantee all of these games are going to be limited and socially distant about the same rate with the current administration's goal for 100 million shots in 100 days looking like they're actually going to hit that mark. It's definitely going to be socially distant, but at the same rate, I think there's going to be a lot more fans in stands this season, especially if they start in well, May. People start getting the shots. You're you're yeah. going to start seeing everything open back open back up, which is the goal. You know that's yeah, yeah. that yeah. that's the goal, and, and not to be political, but that's what was needed as, as a federal direction. But uh, we have a rudder. That's good. That's good. We have a rudder. I think things change, especially if they got that Johnson and Johnson vaccine out. I think that I think that could speed up. So hopefully, get more people in the stands and so forth. I, I saw one company actually stopped um, testing because they weren't getting good enough results. So I think that was Merck. Look at us talking science and politics on a soccer <laughs> podcast, but it, it's it's related. It's related for sure. Um. But, yeah, uh, we'll see. I, I think you're right. I think uh, JJ was uh, there in their clinical trials, and it was looking promising. So adding was, a third one would be good. Yeah, that was something I was listening to on, on, on XM Radio about, like, you know, venues and stuff, like sporting events, especially like baseball and so forth. And that, that was kind of what brought up. And I said that the high rate of people getting more vaccine is that we do anticipate seeing more people, you know, at the games. But that's solely going to. Slowly but surely, we'll go back to like a certain capacity. But I think we'll do for us. I think I, I can see SAFC maybe do what they did at the playoff game, you know, that kind of limited capacity and then work their way up, you know, later on into the season. So, thoughts on what 32 games with seven in the division? Do you think we get, you know, because San Diego has been in the league. This will be year two. We still haven't faced them. Um, I was hoping to go to Phoenix uh, because they're opening up their new pop-up stadium with bathrooms, which, uh, you know, rising fans are all excited about. Um, Welcome to the uh, 19th century there, uh, Phoenix. (laughs) Tulsa, I was hoping to go to, uh, but so they're going to be in the east. So cross group sectionings, if you could pick one team and who would you want it to be? Both of you, Rafa. Uh the two new well, San Diego and Oakland. Play the new team and the, the new team from new last teams. year. Play the, Which those. by the way, by the way, welcome to the league, Oakland. You have Phoenix, you're gonna have Loyal, you're gonna have um Sacramento. OC, you're gonna have Sacramento. <laughs> oh my God. And typical soccer style, a previous owner is suing the current owners for being forced out. So for sure. welcome, for welcome sure. to yeah. professional soccer. Absolutely. No, it, it's gotta be it's gotta be on brand. What are you talking about? It's gotta be on brand. You're not a pro team unless you haven't faced any lawsuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, my two teams. Royce, it would be your teams that you would wanna you'd want to face uh miami duh i mean it, it's not an safc season if mcfarland doesn't get a red card so <laughs> and billy <laughs> yeah um uh, billy's gonna he's gonna kill it over there i'm excited for him over there so so two t- i want to go see phoenix because i want to see the new stadium uh that they have because i was with the, the with the casino yeah, their old one um, and if we're going to pick a team from East, um, Louisville City, because I do want to go check out Lynn Family Stadium just because. Yeah, that, that stadium looks awesome. It's supposed it? to be, you know, the, the top stadium in, in Division Two at this point. I and would like to see. MLS. I would like to see Pittsburgh Stadium because it is there. And that looks really cool. Yeah. That looks really but, cool. But that would be a little bit more of a, of a way trip. But be a trek. Yeah, those would be what I would like. So, final thoughts. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Royce, um, and then we'll go to Rafa, and then uh, I'll wrap up. Not to beat a dead horse, not to repeat myself, but 
Today's Spurs and Pelicans game was postponed because each team does not have enough players because their locker rooms are infected with COVID. Still not going away. Please socially distance. Please wash your hands. Please wear masks. We're almost through this. The vaccinations are... We're, I think, just in this country, we have 20-some-odd million already, which is nearly a tenth of the population. So let's be patient. Let's continue to practice this. We hopefully only have a few more months. Hopefully next year everything will be perfectly back to normal. But as far as the sickness rate and the death rate, hopefully that will go down significantly once everybody gets vaccinated. But until then, be safe. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. That's it. Let's get through this together. Stronger. Your thoughts, Rafa? Your final thoughts? Uh, Cub, back in Royce. You know, just stay safe out there. You know, you know, we do want to see you out there at the, at the games and so forth. You know, cheering on for our team. And, um, you know, that vaccine-wise, like I said, my parents just got the vaccine this week, so I'm happy and glad about that. So we got taken care of that. Nice. Uh, so if you haven't got, you have you know, opportunity to take the vaccine, please take it. And like I said, it's going to make things, speed things up a lot, you know, for you to get to get out there, there at Toyota Field. And uh, I was looking forward for this week of soccer. I'm sure there are going to be some great games this week. Like I said, district districts, all the teams should be in district play, minus the 4A teams. So we'll see. Like I said, there'll probably be some changes next week. Ruffle some feathers again, uh, like I always do with my rankings. And but like I said, it's great. We're having it's good to have some soccer games. You know, hopefully we don't get any canceled, you know, high school games because I did see it quite a few this past week. And hopefully, like I said, players be safe out there. You know, you know, take care. You know, like I said, you're there to represent your teams. You know, to, you know, you want to get out there and play. You know, we don't want a, another season like last year not have a state champion and so forth. So just go out there and take care of yourself. So my final thought, and I know this is probably a final thought for everybody in the San Antonio FC family and, and UTEP family is uh, this past weekend we lost uh, Joey Harvey. Um, to me, he was one of the good guys at SAFC where um, he would always say hi to you. He you know, would always ask, hey, how can I help you out? And unfortunately, um, he lost his battle with COVID, which is why we're all saying, hey, uh, you know, kind of do the right thing here. Um, you know, wear a mask, wipe your hands. But um, for me, you know, going with the Christmas parties and, and stuff like that, you know, he was just he was just a great dude. Yeah, you know, and if you ever saw any of the feedback on social media, you know, in regards to both UTEP making the announcement and uh, SAFC um, and SAFC announcement was uh, it's with heavy heart that we mourn the loss of Joey Harvey after a brief battle with COVID-19. Josie was a friend to many of us and an integral part of the family as one of the club's uh, first employees. He was a generally kind, caring and compassionate person with a quick wit and wonderful gift for connecting with all different kinds of people. Uh, we'll always remember him for bringing joy to those around him. And I don't know anybody in the SAFC family that uh, did not have the opportunity to interact with him that would not say those uh, same words to him. So, uh, Joey, like I said here, you know, I loved your Mississippi State uh, tweets, you know, your Titans tweets and, you know, wrestling and just, you know, your love for, you know, all sports in general, and, and like I said here, you will be missed. And, and thoughts and prayers to the Harvey family here. So, 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a most pretty much all the people at SAFC are everyone at SAFC is great, but there are certain few people that really make you feel that SAFC family. And Joey was definitely one of them. Um, every time I interacted with, interacted with them, I mean, just one of those guys that you, you met him once and it, you just felt like you knew him your entire life. And he's just a good dude and COVID sucks. I mean, but that's, that's why we keep preaching this just so we're blue in the face. 
three easy steps, wash your hands, wear a mask, socially distant. Let's keep this loss to a minimum because this one, this one hurts all of us for this sure. For sure. So, but uh, thank you for everybody turning in. Sorry to, to get all emotional at the end, but uh, you know, I had thoughts about starting the show with, with Joey, but uh, like I said, I thought the ending was the better because I knew I was going to get choked up about it here. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers to Joey. Uh, please be safe. And, of course, what's life without goals? Have a great evening, guys.